0: It's the two sexy Puerto Rican studs, Ortiz Santana, reppin' that that LAX fifty-one fifty. My vision is twenty twenty. What our twenty twenty podcast? Y'all listening to that twenty by twenty podcast? The best of wrestling, the best of hip hop. Check it out. Boom. Ow. Twenty twenty podcast, bro. What? 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 What?
1: What? This is this is episode one. 15 of oh, oh. the 20 by 20 podcast and we are your host Nathan McFly with
0: shit man, shit quarantine poppy, shit Woodrow man, shout out to the nation of domination, shout out to Los Boricuas and a big big shout out to the pachateros out there <laughs> and shout out to the papa pachatero cha cha charlie Word. <laughs> that interview was fun.
1: Yeah, yeah, we got him on this as well. You know, after we talk our roundabout with uh pro wrestling, you know, we got an interview with Cha Cha Charlie on this episode. So stay tuned for that.
0: My oh, man, was good. How you feeling? How you doing? It was one of those days where it just takes the life out of you. Oh. I can't even speak loud today. That's the type of shit that I'm on. (laughs) So I got to get a little closer to the mic. (laughs) It's been one of those days. We hear you loud and and clear, brother. We hear you loud and clear. What's going on with you, man?
1: Chilling, man. You know, I think I feel like like sometimes I'm always having
0: one of those days, especially in the morning, because these kids don't want to wake up for school. But it's all good. Yeah, I'm just surprised I'm having it like on a Thursday. It's normally this energy is normally reserved for Mondays. Yeah. Uh, feeling this way on a Thursday, uh, it just makes tomorrow and the weekend just much more desirable. <laughs> well,
1: because of uh, Eid. Am I saying that right? The Muslim holiday. I don't know, bro. <laughs> Hope I'm saying it right. Wow, what was going on? Um, yeah. Tomorrow's Eid, so we're not we're not working tomorrow.
0: Mm, three day weekend. Yeah. Lucky you, buddy. Yeah, you know, be over here, still working because
1: I, you know, I always always put myself to work, man. i was like, yo, day off,
0: ain't in this crib, baby. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you. I'm about to holla at like Conchita. So she can clean my crib, because I don't even got the energy for that shit right now.
1: Yeah, man. I really got it all planned out in my head. I'm going tomorrow to ride Aid up the block, go get some cleaning cleaning supplies that I need, and go in.
0: That's
1: what's up. Definitely. But uh, yo, let me ask you. So we got Snoop Dogg versus DMX. Oh, yeah. That was good. That was good. Fucking beautiful, bro. I, that shit basically went through I can't even say toddler years, because I think I, after you're six, you're not a toddler anymore. So it's like,
0: <laughs>
1: you know, it went from, like, your elementary school years all the way up to high school simultaneously.
0: Yeah. It fire. You know what I'm saying? I want to say, say that the chronic Dr. Dre's The Chronic was the first album I ever bought. Really, from the album that I ever any hip hop album. I want to say that was the first one that I ever bought. I was a huge fan of Snoop Dogg, bro. You know where the first two albums I ever bought,
1: and this was after getting uh, a really low season, like after getting a half all around. Onyx. Yes. Onyx, back the fuck up. Yeah. And Run DMC, Down With The Kings. Oh, wow. All right. Fair. They yeah. had the oldies going on, and they were trying to get on the hardcore tip at the moment. I never forget, bro. They had this, that song.
0: If, you, if you're down with the kings. You want to be down with the kings. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I must have been about, oof, maybe seven. Seven, eight, around there. And, of course, you know, we always had a CD, cassette, man. Oh my god, I feel old. Oh, yeah. Seeing that <laughs> on Main Street, so I seen that joint, and I was like, "Yo, I'm copping it." And I've I've seen Onyx on on the box, you know, staying up late and shit. So I was like,
0: "Yeah, I'm copping this one too." That's that's what I remember. That um, that Dre day, mm-hmm. like requesting that shit on the box, seeing it I on see, the TV. I, I remember seeing the marijuana plant on Snoop's hat. And when they played it on MTV, they blocked out. They blurred it, yeah. But I remember I used to always watch that video like on the box, and it it wouldn't be blurred. But on MTV, it was blurred. And I remember looking at that symbol and thinking like, why the fuck are they blocking that? Like, what is that? (laughs) I I had no idea what that was at the time. had no idea what Chronic was. I had no idea how much that would affect my life. <laughs> and how how you know how much love I would have for the Chronic? Hey, you ain't no you too later. young to know, bro. <laughs> what what uh what year that shit came out real quick? Chronic ninety two. Wow. Ninety two. I was ten years old. Ninety two when the Chronic came out. Wow, that's crazy. So what was the name of that single? It wasn't Dre Day. It was either
1: um Gin and Juice or. Oh my god! I remember these songs. Either Gin and
0: Juice or Dre Day is either either one of those two. It was ain't nothing but a G thing. That was a, that was the song, When he's rocking the the weed hat. Damn, this fucking album is. Oh, or was it still ride? Huh? Was it still ride? I
1: used to love that song, bro. No, it was
0: hey a name the G Tank.
1: Okay. Because, yo, like The barbecue and shit. That's still ride, bro. Oh, nigga. Yeah, B. Bro. Oh. Let me. No, let me ride. My bad. Let me ride. Yeah, I remember the barbecue, that too. And then the, the, the little kids over there bouncing. All
0: right, we sound so, crazy. And the big right
1: four comes around and the little kids bouncing with the car. Let me ride.
0: Oh, you see my okay, well he had all right got it got, uh, got you. But yeah, even on fucking YouTube they have a fucking weed plant blocked on Snoop's head. <laughs> That's literally how I remember it as a kid, bro. Fucking loved loved that album. Didn't understand a thing. Yo. But the melody, <laughs> the voices and that shit was just different back then. So yeah, the fucking the verses was, yeah, it was dope, man. It was dope. Yo, One thing, how much you miss
1: Nate though, bro? Yeah, bro. Was- yeah, he he was different. Oh <laughs> man, I even went back to shit he did with like Fifty Eminem, because that was like right right before he passed away, yeah. okay, and he was a he was still like, you know. He had suffered a stroke already, so he was still a little, you know, under the weather doing those tracks, and those tracks sounded crazy, you know. And then I'm like, damn, bro.
0: Nathor was just, it was that dude, bro. It's like, um, regulators, bro. That I remember listening to that song as a kid, around almost around the same time. And yep. Jesus, that song was like perfect, bro. It's like a perfect fucking song. Perfect, perfect. Like, literally in the song, Nate Dogg and um, Warren G are rapping about getting robbed and shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't but, believe they got my, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they took my rings. They took my Rolex. He even looked at the dude and was like, damn, what's next? Nasty. Nasty. No, the way that he did. The just- song was fire. The song was fire.
1: Ah oh, man. And to know they 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 sampled it off a uh, off one of them OGs, bro, Michael McDonald, my
0: nigga. <laughs> forget it. Yeah, that dude is uh, he's invited to the barbecue. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's invited to the barbecue. Word, he is invited to the barbecue, man. But yeah, man. Shout out to uh, DMX and Snoop for giving us a great verses. Uh, letting us go down, you know, memory lane, and you know, shout shout out to Timberland and Swiss Beats for making the platform, bro. Word. To be honest, Rick Ross shouldn't be going after Two Chains. Should be Jeezy. Just gonna say that.
0: Yeah, I get what you're saying, but um, I think people are sleeping on um Two Chains. A little bit, a little bit. Two Chains got some joints. He but- has some great features.
1: You got some great features. I'm talking about Ross. Not not only does he have great features, Ross, does but he got joints. Like he got joints that puts out the vibe, bro. Nah, yeah, for sure, for That's
0: sure. Mood for like the whole night and shit like that, bro. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Even from like the very beginning of his career, yeah, he got some joints that he can play off that first album.
1: joint. Nigga, I remember. I remember when I when I worked at Def Jam, and he first when he was first there, he came through with uh with Gunplay when he when he was promoting his second album. Yo, Gunplay, a wild boy, bro. Yeah, shout
0: out to Gunplay. Yo. His last name is Morales. Yeah, so, half, like I think he's I think he's half Cuban, half Puerto Rican, one of the two. Yeah, I think he's Cuban and Puerto Rican, actually.
1: You this Yeah, that's a wild boy for sure. Yeah, man, yo, yo. yo Sniffing Yeo off of the fucking promo CD, bro. <laughs> in this
0: one? Huh? In, in Def Jam? Digga, in the dub room, bro. Wow. Uh, I mean, his name is Gunplay. So there you go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm over here working. He's like, yo, what up? I'm like, hey, how you doing? Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Remember when he got bagged on video, like sniffing Yeo in Columbia and shit? Ah, nigga. Like, he tried to... Like, right there. <laughs> I always fuck with Gunplay. Right, that's cool. he got. Um, I think it's called Bible on my. Bible on the dashboard. Bible on the dashboard. Woof. That that's fire. Fire. All right, that joy is
1: fire. That joins fire. That joins fire. Not for nothing. Shout out to Gunplay, bro. Shout
0: out to Gunplay.
1: But uh, yeah, man. It's enough of that. I think we just spent like about a good 12 minutes on hip hop. But, uh, you know, that's what it is, though. You know what I'm saying? Uh, first thing I want to start with happened last Friday, and I think this is something that we should talk about. We're getting a big e singles push are we yes, we are oh uh, yeah push I... is still out. Kofi just got word that he's gonna be out for the next six to eight weeks, and they had like this mm-hmm. moment where. It, it was it was great. Like it didn't need to be in the ring. It didn't need to be you know somebody coming through and asking for hey. What? It was just a moment with them too. And it solidified everything. I think people have been asking for because people has always been asking for a Big E singles run to the point where like yo people are like yo fuck it if he has to turn heel let him turn heel. I don't really agree with anybody turning heel at this moment right now. In New Day, because New Day is too much money in. Way too much money. But I would just want to get your opinion on that, man. You know, Kofi told him, Yo, go run, yo, go run with your with yourself. You know what I'm saying? Make it happen. This is your time. Told him
0: this is your time. What you think? What else else did he tell him? (laughs) (laughs) Something else.
1: After he talked. (laughs) <laughs> you know, he was like, yo, just come in for the hug. He didn't say come in for the hug, though. He did not say coming for the hug, bro. Put your not meat it. on my meat. Yo, listen. Okay, say that, marigas. You got a jelly, jelly.
0: I'm delicate. I love I put your meat on my meat, man. You jelly. Why, bro? I know he's trying to be funny, and I don't want to take away from... You know, I don't want to take away from that moment that they had, but. Hey <laughs> yo! All right, and I did not have to say, I feel like that ruined it. I, I feel that Oh, t- for that one line, it ruined it. To me, bro, it just I don't know. It took it took me out of my element. But well, right? like, but wait, I've been I've been noticing, and this happens in hip hop all the time, bro. Like. One person will put an idea out that this person is next, or they're, you know, they're blowing up even before they've actually blown up, and then boom, it, it just, it's happening with Little Baby right now, where it's like everybody's just like and he's performing well, so everybody's just like nah, little Little Baby's the new Little Wayne, he's the new king, he's the number one right now, and people are just like word, that's true. It's like damn, righty. I know, you know, it's happening with Big E. I I've been seeing WWE post like some posts about him. I seen Bleacher Report post about him. I seen the Jabba Tears post about him. Shout out to the like, now all of a sudden everybody wants to post about Big E on this championship push, right? Yeah. And it was like, let's make let's make this happen. That was like something that I saw on one of these Big E memes, like, let's make this happen like since when since when do you have to make it happen? Since when does there have to be a campaign? Is that the thing? Has this been a thing? Well, th-
1: this is my thing. This is my thing. It's not like he's never been a singles champion. You know, he's held the Intercontinental champion. He had championship. He had a great run with the Intercontinental Championship. He was the first black NXT champion champion. And that was before NXT was as big as it is at the moment right now. This is like, you know, the days of like Seth Rollins being the first, the first NXT champion. Uh, If I'm not mistaken, he won it from Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas is Bray Wyatt's brother. And he had a crazy run with the title as well. And, you know, I know you said everybody seems to be pushing for this title run for Big E. The reason why I say that That title run is a good thing for WWE is because of this. Every time WWE is kind of like falling off and they're not really, they're not really like bridging over to other cultures. Not only just, you know, race, you know, creed and all that, just like other genres of different things, whether it be music, fashion, um, movies, whatever it could be. They haven't had that star since John Cena. They haven't had that personality since John Cena. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm pretty sure they brought in people like Rosenberg to kind of like bridge that over. And it hasn't really, there's really no bridge there. With, Co- with uh, not Kofi Kingston, sorry. With Big E, there's a bridge. Like he's, he's accepted into like the hip-hop community, the pop community because he has artists that are fans of him, like just gen, gen- genuine fans of him, friends of him that will tune in. And I feel like that's what WWE is missing. Like the whole thing with the, with the ratings right now, that's what's missing. The casual fan who are just turning in, oh, all right, cool. Why, why these niggas did crazy numbers the first week of SmackDown on Fox? They had The Rock there. The Rock is bridging the gap. I feel that Big E could bridge that gap because he's so, he's so accepted through different communities. He's and, and not even only that, but he's actually entertaining. He's entertaining, and then if you just let him go and be a singles competitor where he's not relying on a tag team partner, he can go in the ring. And another plus on top of that, the motherfucker looks like an action an action figure. You know what I'm saying? Like, he looks like the, the action figure you're going to buy for your kids at the store. Like, that's right in front of you. And that's appealing to the casual fan. And I feel like it could bring over more viewers. You know, this has nothing to do with race. This is just him bridging the gap. Because you think about all the other times, WWE was actually, like, beyond popular they had that one star that could bridge the gap i hate bringing them up but you know you can't you can't fucking you know turn back history look what hulk hogan did for them in the beginning got the motherfuckers on mtv you know what i'm saying fucking liberace was at the first fucking wrestlemania like shit like that stone cold steve austin yeah fucking course Light, budweiser wanting to wanting to sponsor just because this motherfucker drink beer The Rock, The Rock could go on entertainment tonight and be that nigga, bro. You know
0: what I'm saying? Who's going to pull up to WrestleMania because Big E's there? Who's going
1: to? No, listen. I'm not understanding what Big E could do. We don't know what he can do until he has that title in his hands. What I'm trying to say is he can bridge the gap. It's not only you know Wale. He could probably bridge the gap with other people that we don't even know, bro. You know what I'm saying? But he, if anybody in another community is watching wrestling, they're probably not watching it for Braun Strowman unless you're watching the Hunting Channel. What, what's that going to bring you? You ha- you have to appeal to more than one demographic. You got to appeal to one to more than one group of people, and I feel like Biggie could do that.
0: i mean yeah he probably can um i just would like to see him in singles like on a singles run yeah no definitely that he can bring this this energy this championship energy
1: yeah and another thing i you know because the whole premise of this podcast is me trying to put you on to this like he's He's been on singles ones. Like he, he's he's actually been a singles wrestler. And I know you know more of Big E just being a tag team dude. That's all you've seen him. Just gyrating in the ring and you know, just 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 acting a fool. Maybe he gets a little more serious, of course. But like, he does the entrances for New Day. Like all that energy, a New Day comes from him. Like I think if if I'm not mistaken, New Day is one of the most like profitable acts in WWE right now, and I'm not even talking about John Cena because John Cena probably still sells merch out the ass. The only reason why we don't see a New Day breakup is because of the amount of money they make together. It works. I get it. it. Works, bro. I get it. And I just feel that he could do that, bro. Like he could go on your radio stations. He could go. Um, he could go on TV. You know, of course, it'd be nice to see a guy like Drew McIntyre there because he holds the, the 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 title of the company. But can he can he be as charismatic as Big E? I don't know. I, I I don't think so. I feel like Big E just has that in him. You know, when everybody talks about the New Day, they talk about Big E. Like he stands out from them. And I feel that if he gets the chance, I don't want him to just be thrusted in there and be like, boom, he's going to have a a title match with Braun Strowman at SummerSlam, or he's going to be there at, you know, a pay-per-view, you know, Survivor Series. If it's going to be Survivor Series, if it's going to be three months from now, three and a half months from now, work your way there. Show his work. Show what people been thinking. You know what I'm saying? I agree with that. You know, play into it. And I feel that with his with his ability in the ring, as you'll do, for as big as he is, he shouldn't be moving as fast as he does. He should have been like tearing ACLs every other year, bro. Like on some real shit. You know, and I feel like if he plays up to his potential, the potential that he has, because I already know he has it on the mic and he's that much approachable. Anything can happen. Because right now, I, yo, know, just like you, Bron, 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 Bron's cool, bro. He's cool. And I like what Bray Wyatt has done with him. But it hasn't really translated anywhere. Like, he needed Bray Wyatt to give him that extra layer in his character that people weren't seeing or people just forgot about.
0: Right.
1: I feel with Big E, you don't need that. You need something more from him, he's gonna give that
0: to you. As long as they do it right, bro. I mean, show me, let me see it. You know, I'm I'm still I'm still a bit old school, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm still all about like, wow, this dude has been performing amazingly the past six months, a year. He deserves a shot. Yeah. Not like, yo, this dude was NXT champion five years ago, ten years ago. He deserves a shot in 2020. Like it's hard for me to get behind shit like that. Honestly. So what,
1: I'm, what I'm trying to say is, they need to, they need to build that. You know what I'm saying? They need to build that for the casual fan. The diehards are already there. The 1.8, 1.6, 1.3 that they be having on fucking Mondays. Those those sorry ass ratings. Those are the diehards watching. You know what I'm saying? If you want that other mil and a half, two mil that you were getting before a couple of years back, listen. It's gonna need a change, bro. Something's gotta change. And I feel with Biggie, his character, the way he is, would probably be that change. That's all I'm trying to say.
0: All right. I just, you know. I feel like when Kofi Kingston got his shot and everything, like it built. It was built in. Like, it just went organically. That, that was organically. About he deserved it because he was outshining people that were actually getting title shots. He was straight outshining them. What? He deserved it. Exactly. He deserved it. He's and he definitely, is definitely. just like, the, potential's the potential is there. He doesn't deserve it.
1: I, I'm not saying, oh, give it to him now. I'm not saying that. You're saying if if Biggie becomes champion, it's going to change the game. If, if, and I just said that, I was like, if they have him go on a singles run and just not thrust him into the, to to the title picture, if they, if they're going to, if they're going to give it three and a half months and let him go on a nice run as a singles, you know, doing his thing, he's going, he's going having these amazing matches. Yes. Give him the fucking title. That's of what I'm saying. That's how that's that's how I just explained it to you, bro.
0: No, I no, I get that, but what I'm saying is that is the conversation's already there. Give Big E a push. Yeah. Make this happen. Like it's already there. Right? People are already talking about putting him in that spot. Yeah, but making it happen
1: is is going through the singles run, bro. That's how it's gonna be ha- that's how it's gonna happen. It's not gonna happen because he fucking comes out of nowhere asking for a title shot. No, it's not going to be that. It happened by them building towards it. They have to build towards it, bro. Same thing they did with Kofi. They built towards it. You know, I had it had a lot to do with the fans. You know what I'm saying? But
0: they build towards that. Yeah, the fans was social media got all behind Kofi. It was after he performed, right? It was after he was putting on those dope matches and proving himself that everybody was like, "Yo, word, let's push him in, let's let's make this happen." This is like, I mean, who is Biggie feuding with right now? Like, what what matches is he is he having right now? All right, but this is just the beginning, bro. Bro,
1: but do you get my point? But my man, you're saying like, oh, what has he done? What has, he's he's done shit by himself already, and he's been with New Day for like six, seven years. Where he didn't get the singles run, because Kofi was Kofi had that had that opportunity because they put Kofi in there, and Kofi's the vet out of all three, he's he's the OG. Now Biggie's gonna be that person. Let him get the shot right now. I'm not yo. I don't know what I, anybody else is saying, but I'm not saying just be like you know what? Yeah, give him the shot. Give him the title. Give him the title tomorrow. No, my nigga. No, this is something people are talking about it a lot because this is something people have been waiting for. They've been waiting for him to get that singles run. Before even Kofi had that singles run, if you ever talked to anybody that's watched this and said, "Yo, who out of the new day should have a singles run and go for that? Go for that chip?" Everybody would have said Biggie. Nobody would have said Kofi. But now. That Biggie is getting that. People are getting hype. People want to see it. People want to see how it unfolds. You know what I'm saying? They, well, I, for one, will not be hyping it
0: up. That's because you just came back to this shit, bro. Get your fucking boots. Put your bootstraps up and get out there. <laughs> this motherfucker, bro. <laughs> All right? And then, yeah, do something, and then I'll, I'll back you up. But... I'm not doing this whole like back in the day you was the man like you should be the man now. Like it would be dope to see him out there and then and then come to that conclusion. Exactly. Exactly. Let's see what he's doing, bro.
1: <laughs> but uh another news before we get into like what's been he's going- a little
0: freaky donor. <laughs>
1: this Before we uh get into what's going on this week, uh You know, a couple of the people that left WWE—not just left, but you know, either were furloughed or fired or whatever—have been going on podcasts, have been doing these interviews, and talking about their time at WWE, and talking about how the system seems broken. That. There's too many people to talk to before you're talking to the person that really runs the shit. and this is something that has been echoed through plenty. Like not even just people that've been fired, but just people that've been at, that asked for their release, got their release, and kept the move. There's there's a lot, and through the arguments, like some of them, you could fish them out and be like, "Oh, this motherfucker's just salty." Like, whatever. It is what it is. Some, you start thinking, like, ah, like, really, why nothing happened with this person? It makes no sense. Before he was here, he was a star. And I'm not talking about somebody coming from backyard wrestling or anything like that. I'm talking about somebody that's coming from a promotion that has the TV time, puts their stars out there, and comes to WWE as a star in their so-called developmental system, as soon as they get to that main roster, it's just like there's nothing there. There's not even five minutes for them there.
0: What do you think about that? I mean, it could be, you know, that thing where it's like people work hard to get to a certain place, and then once they get there, they don't realize that, you know, like it's in, like, rap. Like, you work hard and you get a deal. And then it's like, all right, now the work really starts. Now you now you got to really start running. Now you got to really start putting in that real work. And I feel like maybe maybe a lot of times these people get to the promised land, WWE, and they think it's going to be one way, but it's actually a whole nother way. It's like, oh, shit, this is an actual corporation. Like, oh, shit. Like, I'm not going to just go kick it with the promoter or whatever. Like, it's, it's actually... It's a system So I feel like And I needed you to put me on to Exactly who Eric Young is Okay Maybe because I You know, I don't know. I um, know Yeah, you talked a lot of shit Like he was fucking stone cold And they just didn't know what to do with stone cold So with Eric Young Okay, so Eric Young was
1: I mean, he, he's good He's good I'll say that he, he's done a, a lot of different gimmicks through TNA. That's what they were called before Impact. Had, had a successful run there. Team the Championships, World Championship, X-Division, which is like their IC Championship. And, you know, was a big thing there. Comes to WWE. Goes to NXT, though. Has a group with NXT called Sanity. Sanity was great. It was him, Nikki Cross. Um, What's the beast from Belfast? What's his name? Jesus. He's in NXT by himself now. And then um, the other dude is part of Imperium now with Walter. Can't remember the names right now. But they were, I think, two or three times NXT tag champs. Had great matches with uh, with the revival, American Alpha, uh, a, cu- a couple a couple of tag teams through uh, NXT DIY. They had great matches with them, and it was like yo, as soon as they go to the main roster, it should be set for them because they were so yo, they were so uh, popular in NXT. They come to the main roster, they have like the dope entrance and everything. And the shit just felt flat. When I mean flat, like he said, he I think in like two, three years, he only had like five matches on the main yeah. roster. Yeah. And it was like, you know, to him, he knows his, his ability. He knows how much he's worth. So he's thinking like, you know, damn, if you can't make, like, this is what he said. If you can't make five minutes for Eric Young, he's like, yo, your system is flawed. Like, I don't know what y'all doing here. And he kind of tried to explain the way the shit is. Like he'll talk to somebody and then it referred to someone else to someone else, and then it went to Vince, and then Vince was like, nah. Or like he'll talk to Vince and nothing seemed to come out of that. And a lot of a lot of talent that's not there now and talks about talking to Vince. They talk about either they give Vince ideas on what they want to do with their character on themselves. It's pushed over to somebody else, or it's just not even heard from
0: again. Yeah, I heard him talking about that. I heard him talking about having some ideas, and I'm not running with it. Yeah, and and I wanted to know what ideas did Eric Young have. <laughs> he, he didn't. <laughs> you know, have a great on let's that. see. Let's see if these ideas play out on
1: Impact. I mean, let's see. I mean, they they didn't elaborate on it. I know Brody Lee, when he left, he talked about about like an intellectual giant gimmick, and they ended up giving that to Eric Rowan. And Eric Rowan, like you know, when he came back, like before he had the little cage animal and shit, he was trying to talk all into you know like what, what a intellectual yeah, yeah you know would look a little swag on him, but just a fucking monster that could talk like that. And that's what Brody Lee wanted to do. And then they gave it to Eric Young. He said, I mean, not Eric Young, Eric Rowan. And then you have EC3. EC3 was not only one of the hottest free agents coming out of TNA at the moment, but he was TNA. Like he went to TNA after his NXT and Ohio Valley stint, went over there and became the star he knew he could be. And what a lot of people backstage thought he was going to be in, in WWE. So, like, you look at him, and like everybody says, it's like Vince's wet dream. He's like, Yo, like you know, he's growling, motherfucker could go in the ring, and he could talk on the mic. They didn't let him talk on the mic. They didn't let him do certain things he wanted to do. And then he just fell by the wayside after he got out of NXT because he was he was hot at NXT. He came off a fucking phenomenal match against Velveteen Dream on NXT, and it just didn't didn't materialize to
0: anything. All right, let me ask you a question, then. and I'll, I'll I'll first start with um with your man Eric. Okay or you, you can answer for both actually why do, why do you think it didn't it didn't work out for Eric Young or EC3 EC3 I think it didn't work out for him
1: because he left NXT too early I felt that he should have built himself cuz he was building himself up while in NXT he was starting to get a little little hype around him and he even said himself he's like that he rushed himself back got injured and on on the on the come up he was already going to the main roster. Like he wasn't even coming back off an of injury going to NXT. Okay.
0: What
1: I think should have happened was he should have stayed in NXT. Because that's that's the type it's like Bobby Roode. Like Bobby Roode was an NXT champ because he fit the mold of being a champ. Especially on NXT. You know, with the entrance, the glorious and all that that, that shit was fire. That shit was fire. It is fire, yeah. NXT, um, um, EC3 on NXT was dope because when he would come out, his entrance was fire. Like it was just like one at a time. You would have seen an E, C, three, and he would point to everything and then turn around like, "Yeah, I'm here." Like it was just the uh, the whole pops and circumstance of him coming into the ring and then actually performing in the ring to the, to the abilities everybody know he could. Was fire It's like yo You gotta run with that shit They didn't run with it they, Maybe Vince seen him was like Yo I need him You know him. Man You know like Just went in And it was like yo I'm gonna make him a fucking star And forgot about me Like people He even said He's like yo People get for, forgotten about him. If you don't have nobody Talking for you If You don't talk And stand up for yourself You're forgotten Easily and I felt like he was forgotten. There was so much going on in the main roster. You have an owner who is not only looking at what's going on in Raw and SmackDown. Besides that, he has to talk to investors. He has to talk to, you know, the people he was doing at the, the XFL at the moment. And it was just it, it was just so much shit. That, that's another thing. I feel like Vince has so much on his plate and is afraid to give people keys to the kingdom, like, yo, you got to run over here. You got to run. It's like a kingpin, my nigga. It's like, yo, you need people you trust. Yo, that's my runner right there. I trust him to go around the hood and go get all the bread. You know what I'm saying? This motherfucker going to supply everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, he doesn't have nobody. I feel like he doesn't have anybody that he trusts. And EC3 just fell through the cracks. And I feel like
0: that right there, plus the Good Brothers, is going to be a major loss for them. Has Vince ever, like, turned down a wrestler or let go of a wrestler that ended up to go somewhere else and blow up?
1: Oh, uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Uh, Let go of a wrestler and they went. But you got to understand, bro, like, for a good 15 years, there was nothing really there. Like, WWE was the only show. You know what I'm saying? So I I can't can't think about it right now off the top of my head. I mean, you know, not not giving Diesel and Razor uh, the you know the increase in money that they wanted, they ended up going somewhere else and it created a fucking problem for him. You know, maybe <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe with. Not not giving Jericho, well, he, he did. Because Jericho even said, like, yo, Vince told him, yeah, you could go to Japan. Go to Japan, do your thing over there. But, yo, remember, when you're in the States, you're coming to me, though. And Jericho got this other gig aw AEW was like, you know what, fuck it. Let's try to challenge this motherfucker. And then when that shit started simming around, that's what puts another idea in everybody's head now.
0: Regardless he- of anything because I, mean, I was thinking about what your man, Eric Young, was saying and how he was talking, you know, basically blaming WWE, saying the system was broken. Yeah. Even went as far as to say that Vince failed as a leader for not using Eric Young, that he failed as a business owner, he failed as a leader. While well, he like, holds himself in high regards. That's <laughs> all that is.
1: Jesus. Yeah. I
0: mean, like... Do you agree with that at all? To be honest, I don't think... For
1: not fucking using Eric Young? I don't think Eric Young is going to shift the company in either way. He's right there. He's not going to shift the company in either way. You know what I'm saying? Do I think the tag team division would be in a better state if they were to use Sanity right? Definitely. The tag team division is basically broken and they're re like, it's, it's getting like a restart right now. You having a Andrade and Garza together. You having the Street Profits there. New Day's not there anymore. Now you have a new emerging tag team and two singles wrestlers that are fucking dope coming together in Cesaro and Shisuke Nakamura. But, like I said, this is the recharge of the tag team division in WWE because to be honest with you, They're like at a three. The reason why I'm giving them a three is because of the tag teams I just fucking named compared to what AEW is doing right now. AEW has a fucking amazing tag team roster to the point that my beloved tag team and fucking LAX is looking like shit.
0: Right.
1: You know what I'm saying? They're looking gimmicky. Yeah, they, I don't know, bro. I, I'm like, what the fuck, my nigga? Like, yo, that, that shit got me on, on another another platform right now, bro. That shit, got me, that shit got me a little vexed right now, but it's all good.
0: Yeah, they looking straight gimmicky.
1: You know? And I think that's where Sanity could have been at its best. They were a three-man team, just like the New Day. And it, it's it's great. It works. I don't know. I don't understand why they didn't want it to work on the main roster. That's why I, I, w- I can't understand. Like, I don't understand how somebody looks at it and be like, that shit don't work. Scratch all that shit, make them all singles competitors, and just put one over NXT UK, put one in NXT, and then we'll just leave this motherfucker over here in catering. That motherfucker catering was Eric Young.
0: So would you say uh, um, EC3 was not booked fairly? Nah, he wasn't. I don't think
1: he wasn't, bro. They didn't. They didn't use his his strengths, which were in ring psychology. Him being in a match, telling a story, whichever it may be, whichever the story may be, and putting him on the mic. He's great with words and. You they did not utilize that once he got up to the main roster. You know, like I like what the Good Brothers did. You know what I'm saying? When people asked them about, you know, they 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 talk about uh what you call it? interview? Not interview. <laughs> they talk about a sit down they had with Triple H after this run in Japan they did with WWE. And Triple H. Yo, he he laid he laid it on on the motherfuckers. He was like, "Yo, listen, when I'm doing this contract with you guys, he's like, I'm thinking about your kids. This is how good of a fucking businessman this motherfucker is. He's like, I'm thinking about your kids. You know, who knows how long AEW is gonna be around? He's like, I'm gonna promise you this though. WWE is always gonna be here. So what you guys wanna do?
0: <laughs> who said that,
1: Triple H? Triple H and. These motherfuckers was ready to sign on the dotted line with AEW, bro. The contracts were mailed to them and everything. They scratched that shit and went and went back to WWE for that big money.
0: I don't blame them,
1: man. But then you got a nigga like Heyman, who is known as a shyster. And, and you know what's funny, bro? when doing business and you you look at shisey individuals, why I gotta be a nigga like Paul Heyman? It's always that character. You know what I'm saying? He's like a real life shyster. He's definitely not a mensch. And if you're Jewish, you know what I mean by mensch. He's not a good <laughs> guy. He's not a stand-up guy. He's not a mensch. And, you know, he was telling the good brothers and AJ, like, yo, I'm trying to fight for you guys to stay here. When he was the nigga that got them niggas out of there, telling Vince like, "Yo, these motherfuckers is making too much. We need these niggas out of here. We need the we need the money."
0: Vince, mm. is like, not. Vince, is like, they're not on my
1: list to leave. For some reason, some way, came and got them out. Mm. Interesting. They said that, yeah, and that's why AJ's not on Raw. This is before they they took this nigga out of the writing. Out of the writing team, Heyman, AJ ain't want to be on Royal. He ain't want nothing to do with Heyman. He's like, Yo, put me on SmackDown. I ain't, I ain't fucking with this. Interesting. You know, like AJ's there by himself now. Of course, he's made, you know, associates, friends, however you want to call it, along the way. Being in WWE for the past what four, four years or so now, four or five years. But it's not the same when you don't have your day ones there. You know what I'm saying? So that that kind of hurt him. And, you know, like, you know, the Good Brothers, they had, like, they had little uh, questions about how their runs were. You know, they, they got a couple of tag team runs, but they felt, they felt like they weren't utilized themselves. But also, they were taken care of. Regardless of them not being utilized, they were taken care of. Them. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And then you see it, like, like with FTR, like, the revival is a little different. Like, they like 50-50 with the shit. And I think the reason why they're 50-50 with it, it was because the way they came at them with that last gimmick when they try to put the flavor cock on one nigga and some party. Yeah, cool. yeah, and they were like, yo, y'all bugging, bro. We ain't about this shit. Like, fuck this shit. And you know what? I give them all the props in the world from, like, telling them, like, nah, we're good. And after this contract's over, we're good. You want us to put niggas over, we'll put them over. but We out of here. Just like what John Moxley did but John Moxley has a lot more negativity towards the company than anybody else. You know, some of it is warranted, especially like if, if it's true. I mean, we're not there, we don't know, we're just hearing it from his mouth. If right. it's true about doing some crazy storyline and attacking the whole issue of Roman Reigns and cancer, I was like, nah, that's a little fucked up. That's a little, that's going a little extra. You know what I'm saying? Right. But everything else, uh, him having to remember a two-page script and the shit was trash. I'm like, yo, dude, the shit was trash. How come, like, 90% of the times you got it over? It's either to the point talking about how good you are or maybe the script was all right. Maybe it was all right, bro. Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Like, John moxie is basically himself now in AEW. We're not getting the John Moxley of Japan. John Moxley in Japan is ready to fucking, you know, throw a shot glass at somebody's head and then fucking stab him or something like, "Yo, that, that John Moxley's fire, not for nothing." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I think we're getting like the PG rated version in AEW,
0: where well, John Moxley want to slide down a, a pole full of razor blades into a pool of alcohol. It's un- <laughs> <laughs>
1: But uh, yeah, man, and you know, it's just it's crazy. But my thing is, it's crazy how like a lot of these wrestlers that get released all have the same stories. So then my thing is like,
0: is WWE really in the wrong, man? That's 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 literally my question as well. Like, do
1: they have to switch it up? And I feel like they do. Like, they have. And this, this brings me to what we've seen Monday night with Sasha Banks and how she won the title. I'll be honest, I love the finish. It was a heel finish, and it was a finish that was reminiscent of the old days. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my gosh, she's in the ring. And, like, you, you could win the title no matter what because, you know what? Nobody was the champ. So if you won the match, you won the title, Right. So Asuka sees her homegirl getting fucked up, bro. Fucked up. And she doesn't know what to do. Now she's battling with her thoughts. Should I stay here, win this match, then go help her? Or you know what? She just got her head busted open. I need to go help her. And then leave. Like, I got flashbacks of, like, different shit. Like, oh, this is how the mega Powers fucking exploded. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like, this motherfucker didn't care about the match. Or macho man. He's like, yo, I got to get Elizabeth to the back. You know what I mean? Or just like uh there's a couple of other instances like that. And I'm like, oh, that's that's dope. I was like, cause both talents don't really get hurt. Asuka didn't get pinned, Sasha doesn't lose, she gets the title, and you really only have three main individuals in the women's division that are popping right now. And that's through and that's through both shows, SmackDown and Raw. You have Asuka, Bailey and Sasha. Besides that, you got Shayna coming up right now. Can't wait for Shayna to come up. You got Naya back in the fold. Everybody's like, oh, what about this person? What about this person? I was like, you know what? You need to see that fucking list first of people that are saying, like, because of COVID, I'm not coming to work. And Vince is still paying these motherfuckers to stay out. This is Nathan McFly, the 20x20 20 20 podcast, and this episode was sponsored by Dream Match Wrestling. You're asking yourself, who's Dream Match Wrestling? What's Dream Match Wrestling? Let me tell you who Dream Match Wrestling is. He is the master designer, the hand behind the pen, who helped us bring to light our ideas on the Brian Pillman shirt. Shawn Michaels shirt Finn Balor shirt That we got going right now And he has many Many more designs And if you want to see What he's doing With his Dream Match Scenario line This is what you got to do Go to www.dreammatchwrestling.shop You want to get in touch With him Individually Go to his Instagram page at Dream Match Wrestling. You got an idea for a logo, an idea for a shirt, an idea for a portrait, whatever it may be, he brings the ideas to light, brings it in front of you because he is the master designer, the hand behind the pen. He is Dream Match Wrestling. Check it out. Now back to the pot. So, you know, we got, we got Shayna and Nia coming back, which I love. Like I was saying, there's really nobody there. There's nobody there within the women's division. We're we're having this whole Naomi movement now. But everybody wanna see her come up, you know, two time, two times uh SmackDown women's champion. And
0: why not? Nah, I mean, no arguments for me. You know what I'm saying? Because the black queen is shot. <laughs> Word up, man, because
1: There's a, there's a lot of talent right now that is not doing anything. A lot of them are staying at home and understandable because of the, of the climate of the world at the moment. But I just feel like people are being too judgmental and wanting a lot more now with less resources
0: you agree with me on that? Wanting a lot more now with less resources. Yeah, what do you mean
1: less resources meaning not having the fans there. One, two, talent not ta- all the talent not being there. Having to work with basically what you have. You know? And I think one thing that could really save what's going on right now, I mean, like, you could have the OGs there writing, creating stuff, but a young mind, somebody that's into the scene now and know what the fans want to see, could actually be, like, balanced. Like, yo, it's like when you have a team, you don't want just a whole bunch of young niggas there. You know what I'm saying? You need a couple of veterans. Yeah. You need the, the, the hard-nosed players, the people that are going to go in there, punch somebody, then lead the game and shit. You know what I'm saying? true. Sure. That balance. And I feel like their they're writing team and whoever they're whoever's doing the creative, there's no balance there. Hmm. That's what I think they're missing. I don't think the creative minds suck. They probably have a good idea, but there's nobody there balancing out the idea to make it Seem logical to the to the wrestling fan and to the casual fan itself. Yeah, I,
0: I get I get what you're saying. Like, it's not the full show. It's not the full show, exactly, bro. And I feel like AEW too. AEW also,
1: they're missing that balance. Like, they have just like all these you new niggas there telling stories, but they either they either like yo, and this is the crazy part about AEW. They put on great shows Don't get me wrong From time to time They put on Like a phenomenal show From from beginning to end But There's also times where They have These storylines That they create Or these segments And it doesn't lead to anything (laughs) You know what I mean? Like It's just like Like the contenders To the AEW title Or The TNT title You know what I'm saying? For the AEW title, you bring in Brian Cage, you bring in Brody Lee, like we we said in previous episodes. These are like these big dudes. They go on like, you know, these couple of weeks run where that they're, they're just decimating the roster. And then it's not even really the roster. It's just like these niggas they have on fucking AEW Dark. And they go get their big match, they lose. Lance Archer lose. I I've heard anything or seen anything of Lance Archer within the last four weeks that makes me think that he's actually a challenger to anything. You know, Brody Lee is still there because, you know, he has, he has a faction. Uh, Ryan Cage, man. And it's like, Ryan Cage is dope, but yet you have him there holding a title From ECW. ECW was a tertiary company. You know what I'm saying? Because it was WWE, WCW, ECW. And then that wasn't even the ECW's primary title. That was their tertiary title. It was a title made up because Shane Douglas was running away from Taz for two years and did not want to give him a fucking title shot for the ECW title. So, he made his own shit. That's who you got Brian Cage with for.
0: Like, really, bro? Really? I hear you, bro. Brian so, Cage is a fucking star.
1: So, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself. I'm like, yo, what are they going to do? Like, what happened to this story? What happened to the other? Like, they... They presented the Butcher and the Blade, who's a phenomenal team. Like that match they had with the Young Bucks, Young Bucks last week was fire. Hopefully um, the Blade is okay because he took a he took a fucking nasty dive outside. But um before it was the Butcher, Blade, and the Bunny. They X'd out the bunny. Now the bunny is in a relationship with some dude, and that dude's not on the show because he caught COVID. So, like, her whole shit is all done, right? Yeah. All right, so then in the beginning, when they were first forming tag teams, they had Red Dust with Sonny Kiss. To the point – and, yo, shout out to Dream Match, because he's the one that pointed this one out to me, and I totally forgot. But to the point, like, they had matching gear and everything, dude. And it was just, like, all right, cool. Um, You know what, let's go focus on this. And I feel like that's what they do a lot. Like they gear up stories and either they forget about them or they just throw them over in the wayside and nobody says anything about this. And once again, once again, I am not getting at the performers in the ring or just the company in general, because they do put on great shows, but it's like, why go with a story and then it just falls flat, Right. you know? And another and, – but this is because of COVID as well. They had the death triangle, which was Pentagon, Phoenix, and uh, – Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Neville. I'm calling him Neville. I'm calling him by his fucking WWE name. I'm <laughs> talking about him too. Pac. Well, he's still, he's still out in England because of COVID. You know, and – I'm just like, I'm thinking, I'm like, yo, when are they going to stick to a story? You know what I'm saying? Two stories they stuck to and was great. Story with MJF and Cody. How all that turned out. Phenomenal. The story with Jon Moxley going after Jericho for the championship. Look, look what happened in February. But after that, there's what else? Like, what what's gearing up? You know, we, we get little hints here and there. Like a little hint of Kenny Omega turning heel, is he gonna do it? I don't know. Now, like something that I seen on Wednesday was what if you know this whole four horsemen thing that they're talking about? What if it's not FTR, Cody, and Sean Spears? What if it's Hangman Page with Cody and FTR? FTR was signing contracts. Out of nowhere, Arn Anderson comes in just to like you know, look over the contract signing. Sitting next to them, old buddy buddy, Hangman Page, who is tag team champions with Kenny Omega, comes in like, "Oh, you guys done already? You guys want to take a shot?" Da, da 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 da. Take shots with them, chilling and everything. Last week on AEW AEW Dynamite, this this dude Hangman Page is getting beat down by the Dark Order. First people to come save him out. You would think it would be the Bucks and Kenny Omega, right?
0: Yep.
1: It was FTR. Mm. And then Kenny comes when everything is clear. So it's like, all right, what if it's the Bucks? I mean, it's uh FTR versus Hangman and Kenny. Hangman turns on them. FTR wins the titles. And somehow you start brewing into that four horsemen thing.
0: That sounds fire, actually. It work. It could work. Maybe, maybe you should bridge the gap. Oh, me? Be Ric Flair, the black Ric Flair of the bunch. No, like on some writing
1: shit. Ah, uh, nah, man, they ain't gonna give me a job. They ain't As gonna f- come to me and be like, "You got a job, man." <laughs> that would be a good way to do it, though. Not for nothing. It would be dope, but the thing is, um, just like that whole like. Little little hints of heel, of heel tactics from Kenny. Like how, then it'll be them killing off one thing to start another. And if you're gonna do that, you're gonna have to run, run with it to the point where people forget about what Kenny did. Yeah. You know, run it, run it crazy, to where like nobody's thinking about that. That, that those little instants of Kenny Omega trying to turn back into the cleaner gimmick that he had in New Japan. You know what I mean? That I feel like that... that kind of, And if that happens, where it's Hangman, Cody... Because that means Cody's turning on the elite as well. You know what I'm saying? Of course, he hasn't been really, like, buddy-buddy with them for a while already. Since he's had Arn. That could be because of Arn,
0: too. No, yeah, just, like, creating that separation. Exactly.
1: I mean, uh... Last half of the year, it's it's gonna it's gonna look good for wrestling in general if certain storylines are addressed. You know what I'm saying? Certain um, moments within the last two or three shows from each brand are addressed. I feel like they can really really
0: set the tone for the next uh, six months. I mean, until until this whole COVID thing is figured out and, you know, because, I, I mean, I just got an email that I'm not going back to the office until January. Whippa! Like, that's a whole fucking six months from now, or whatever, almost a year from, you know. Exactly. She's like, anything can happen. Like, who knows? Maybe they're not going so hard because everything is, like, so weird right now. Yeah, you but... Don't think- they might even have to get, go to a point where they can't even have those people in the crowd. So let me tell you this then. What do they do
1: if a hardcore fans stop watching?
0: They I feel can't like hardcore fans that. are have stopped watching only because I, like it's just been so weird.
1: I just feel that the hardcore fans are the ones that are watching that what we are missing out, the ones that got those big-ass TV deals are the casual fans because we had the casual fans there. You know, when these contract negotiations come up again in the next four to five years or even if it doesn't even get there, it probably gets to a point where, like, you know what, we're just going to call it even. Uh, Go somewhere else. Uh, You got a network. Show your shit there.
0: Hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? AEW, I don't think, are going to go through that because at the end of the day, I don't think they popped total total viewership of a million plus more than a handful of times.
0: Right.
1: After the first couple of weeks, they weren't really doing a million plus. So... For WWE in a, different, in a
0: different instant is because they're a publicly traded company. I feel like it doesn't matter what WWE puts on TV, people are going to watch it. Yeah, but you're not going to get those sponsorships, man. That's
1: where the money rolls in, bro. People could watch it. People could give them the, the minimum of, uh, of viewers. You got to draw those sponsors to want to get those TV ads. Is gonna make the people that you're supposed to make happy money. But does that make for a better show? Does that make for a better show? Yeah, because if it's a better show, that means there's a lot more people watching. There's a lot more ratings, and then other companies will be like, "Hey, you know what? They got their ratings back up. Let me get let me get twenty seconds for a Pepsi."
0: You know, like. So I mean, what what can WWE even do right now to bring their ratings up? Like, I feel like in this climate, it's not going to be, it's not easy. Not a lot of people are like, that's it. I'm
1: not saying it's easy whatsoever. It is definitely not easy. They have a lot against them. What they can do, be honest, bro, I'm a fan just watching it, man. I can't tell them what to do. None of us can really tell them what to do. But they should know. They've had their backs behind the wall plenty of times, man. They got to get creative. You know? But talking about creative, SummerSlam. Now, Vince McMahon does not want to hold SummerSlam at the performance. He's talking (laughs) about doing it on the beach. He even wants to do it at the
0: COVID Center.
1: (laughs) He outlet at a couple of states, and everybody just rejected it. Like, nah, we don't need y'all niggas here. Nah, nah. No you come to our one-hour beaches, uh, forget about it. 20,000 people. We don't need that shit. Facts. So, I don't know, man. They should just hold it at the performance. And I know SummerSlam is basically a WrestleMania of summer. But can't can't do anything now, bro. You just could hold these events, and hopefully everything works out. Like, work on the storylines make people at home because right now you're all you're doing is basically trying to get the viewers that are looking through that camera at home you're trying to get their attention as and right right now they should be listening to probably social media more than anything is to get the vibe of what they're doing like oh this is not working this is working you get that vibe when you have a live audience to see what works and what doesn't work. Now, your audience is at home. How can you reach them at home? You're not going to call everybody. You're going to give everybody a fucking survey.
0: Go to social media. See what people are talking about. What if they decided not to do these events? I don't know how that's going to affect the company in a whole. I would think that they will lose money. It's like if, you know, like how baseball, right? Mm -hmm. Right now, baseball, you know, all these, you know, you've seen what happened with the Marlins, 14 players and shit. If it's like, if it turns out that just not, you know, but they're doing a lot of things. And maybe WWE should think about it. That whole hologram crowd. That they're doing for baseball, I don't know if you've seen it. Hologram crowd? No, those are those are cutouts. No, no, no. So they have the cutouts that are like behind home plate. Yeah. But where when there's like a foul ball hit, there's like a hologram crowd. Like it looks like there's there's a whole crowd there. They have that, and they have the buzz of the
1: stadium. You know, of the people. They have, no, no, wait, that that's what WWE's been doing. They pump in the sound of the
0: uh, of fans. I think they should just add that that other element, bro, and just put the fans in the seats. It's a fucking mind trick, bro. It takes zero away from baseball. Like not for nothing. Like you feel like you're everything is all good, like from the fans' perspective. <laughs> you don't see the empty seats unless you know they they show you know they make a point to show you that the seats are empty. Mm. But foul balls and. It's literally... Somebody trying to catch one. And, and they reached out to, like, fucking... Um, I think it was Madden or 2K to get the crowd noise. Yeah. And that shit is dope. Maybe WWE the should think crowd, about that, The crowd noise, they've been doing that.
1: Like, that noise, that... That's that, hey, pumped-in noise right there, bro. That's not the, the 25 people in the performance center. They're not that loud. That's, that's the pumped-in noise. Hologram crowd, that could only work if they're in a stadium. If they're at the performance center where it holds a 1,000 people maybe, 800 people, it's not going to work. That's true. Do a hologram for 800 people. You know what they're going to do? They're going to be like, yo, uh, they're going to go to Giant Stadium for SummerSlam and be like, yo, listen, we're just going to put hologram people here. It's all good. They should. I mean, for, for the fan perspective, Looking at it at home, it could probably be a little easier for the eyes. Hell yeah! You know? But then you you know it's also the psyche of the people performing, bro. They know there's nobody there. You know we still got brawls in baseball. Look what happened the other day.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. guys fucking arguing with masks on this shit. <laughs> that shit is crazy. I was quiet though. <laughs> I was trying. I was lying.
1: Oh man! But um, yeah, man. Uh, but with SummerSlam, if it's on a beach, it's on a beach, bro. Why not? They should just they should just rent a private beach. Tell nobody where it's at. Don't let nobody know. Don't even tell yo. Don't even tell the the press nothing until the day of. Because if you tell the press something, everybody's gonna know, and then it's gonna be Corona Mania, bro.
0: Maybe they can go to Little Saint Pierre.
1: Yo, Vince got money. Yo, just buy a house with a big backyard, bro. What was
0: it? What, what was Epstein's? Uh, I don't what was know. Epstein's Island, Little Little Saint Pierre, I think. Little,
1: Pet- little Saint John, Little
0: Saint John. <laughs> let him do the Let him do SummerSlam at Little Saint John live Oof. from Epstein's mansion. Nah, chill, <laughs> chill.
1: Hey. Coming back with something from that, Jesus. But uh, So at SummerSlam, it's looking like it's going to be Drew McIntyre versus Randy Orton. What are your feelings about that?
0: Have they feuded before? No. All right, this is great. I'll take it. Because anything Randy Orton is a part of is, is fire. And Randy Orton came, came at it, like,
1: strong, off the gate. As he always does. And, you know, he, he he put, you know, some reality into it, which is great. And every time he blur the lines, man, it just gets better and better. He talked about how Drew McIntyre, you know, he was supposed to be the chosen one. And then he got himself fired and got himself back. You know, a lot of, a lot of, went through all that stuff. And told me he's like, you know what? Now you got something I want. I know I want that title again. I ain't want it before, but I want it now. Mm-hmm. Like I not want good. For me, as good as Randy Orton has been, and not for nothing, as good as Drew has been. Because low-key, the only reason why I'm saying low-key is because I don't hear nobody really talking about it. Drew McIntyre has been a really good WWE champion. Yeah. He's had great matches. Everybody thought the match with Dolph Ziggler. And that's another thing. This is... this writing bro they're doing old school shit they gave all the leverage to dolph ziggler and drew mcintyre had to find a way to come out of that in extreme rules it was an extreme rules match but only for dolph ziggler right if drew mcintyre used uh used a chair or whatever he was gonna get disqualified and the championship is done you know it's just that 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 old school mentality is always good and it's always refreshing to see when it's not done for a while, but it needs a new school twist. And I feel like they kind of did that. But, um, yeah, man, Drew McIntyre has been very, very good. But not as good as Randy Orton's been. Not as good as Randy Orton? No.
0: Of course
1: not. not. And Randy Orton is at that age right now. I think he's like about 39, 40 still looks believable as a champion. I didn't yeah, for sure talk can move everything is legit. So to me, I want Randy Orton taking that title to WrestleMania. Mm. And then facing a returning edge for that championship.
0: Facing edge?
1: Yes. They need they need they need the, the third match, bro.
0: you think you know me?
1: Yeah. (laughs) They need that third match, bro. They need that rubber match, man.
0: How the fuck are you going to just throw Edge into the championship? That story's already there.
1: That story's already there. They had two matches. Edge won the first. Randy won the second and injured him in the second. Edge is going to return and come after him. But, see, this is the problem with that. Let's say they do that, and they do it towards where Edge wins the Royal Rumble or some shit like that. Okay. Fans are going to shit on it. When the fans know the ending to something, they always seem to fucking shit on it.
0: Well, he's won the Rumble before, and obviously, unless he's, like, going on a run the only way you can really just push him into a title match would be... Sit on, sit on
1: it.
0: I mean, the Royal Rumble. It's, it's
1: a great story if they do it like that because with Edge's with Edge's appeal and just like his, his status within wrestling, whoever beats him for the title is made. You know, mm-hmm. like... I I, That's how I feel.
0: Whoever beats
1: Edge for, like, the WWE championship could be made.
0: I'm not big on Edge, so. I know you're not. I know you're not.
1: I know you. It's all
0: good. But
1: if Randy Orton wins, and let's say Edge is not ready to perform or whatever it may be, right? Or maybe he is, and maybe just Randy takes him out at Royal Rumble. Who knows? And Randy's another. He's a young OG, bro. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Young OG. Whoever beats Randy at Mania. Great match. You're me. Biggie.
0: Hey, listen. That would be great. Who you got? if Biggie and damn, what's his name? I just can't remember his name from from um, NXT, the champion. Keith Lee. Keith Lee. Oh, that would be a phenomenal match, bro. Word up,
1: my nigga! I want to see Keith Lee versus Brock Lesnar next year's mania. Mm. That's what I want to see. After after
0: that little, a little exchange they had at a uh, Royal Rumble. That's what I want to see. I found I found myself watching this Brock Lesnar compilation from his um, octagon shit, UFC shit, and there was one that he beat the shit out this dude. <laughs> right, and he's hyped. Brock Brock Lesnar's hyped as fuck. And the crowd is, like, booing him. And he's just like, yeah, like, you know, like, you wanted to hear it. And every time I hear that man talk, it just throws me the fuck off, bro. Why? Because the fans are booing him, and you got this big, giant dude with a fucking, a fucking sword on his chest with a point on his neck. And he's just like, yeah, give me more. I was just like, ah, oh, Fuck. Keep giving it to me.
1: <laughs> but that motherfucker could throw you somewhere else, bro. What? Beast, bro.
0: Beast, beast. Fucking beast, bro. You was fucking pounding this dude's head in. Beast, bro. The dude gave up. Got Son of a beast. Man. Uh, let's see what happens
1: man let's see what happens that's all i can really say P. oh i mean with that match already in store for some so for summerslam
0: it's a good start it's a good start definitely so real quick i've seen a i seen ai seen a meme that i thought was pretty pretty cool considering that the NBA season is back mm-hmm It begins today, Thursday, July 30th, Um, and it was like, who's your WWE superstar starting five? Ah. You pick a point guard, a shooting guard, a small forward, power forward, center. Who you got? All
1: right. Uh, At point guard, I mean, running, running the system. I would have
0: Ray Mysterio. I, have Ray Mysterio. I would Who? have Adam Cole. Adam Cole is my point guard. Mm, all right. You know what? I'll take him over Ray Mysterio. Adam Cole is 1-2 at shooting guard. I
1: have Seth Rollins.
0: Okay.
1: I have Seth Rollins. Power forward. Power forward. I'll have the young OG Randy Orton. No, that's small forward. Small forward, I have Randy Orton. Power forward, I'll have Keith Lee. And at center, putting everything together. I'll have Mr. Gyration himself, Big E. Mm.
0: Wow. I, I agree with your, your point guard and your your shooting guards. Okay. Um, I definitely would have Keith Lee as power forward. Okay. i will probably put Bray Wyatt as my small forward. And I mean, honestly, I'm I'm putting Bron Braun as as center. You fucking love Bron Strowman, <laughs> dude. I mean, he's a fucking douche, but the guy's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> he's a fucking he's a beast. Dude. I love him. Hey, he's a fucking beast. What so up? yeah, I that was pretty cool. I mean, it sucks <laughs> the Knicks aren't playing, but basketball is people. Rather? You only named three people. That's why, because that, oh, no, I, I, I agreed with I agreed with with, Ryan. Back court, with the backcourt. Okay, yeah, I agree with your backcourt in the front. I got those three guys.
1: Okay, 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 okay.
0: I guess see, of course, I could see the fiend,
1: definitely the fiend. Hell, fucking yeah! Right, Bray, Bray Wyatt is just he's he he's on a level of his own, man. Thank God, thank God, he's around. <laughs> thank God, he's around. Seriously. Oh, my God. What we got playing? What
0: we got playing at the end of the pad, bruh? I haven't been listening to much music lately. Like, nothing fairly new. Um, should play some DMX, though, for some reason. Where? DMX? I mean, just... Like during that verses, like some of those DMX songs, I had just forgot, like how hard them shit slap.
1: Yo, that's what I was. That you know what? And then everybody was saying like, "Yo, you know, DMX is just, it's just a feel." Like, nah, bro, it's more than that, man.
0: Like, yo, I went back and I listened, to, you know, to those first two albums, and um I was <laughs> listening first to three. No, yeah, but I, I was listening to Hell Is Hot and. Um, it's dark flesh and hell of my light. flesh. And flesh of my flesh, blood up. Of- so, blood. I'm listening to Damien and the fact that he was rapping both parts. Yeah. Yeah, Dogs. <laughs> that was not an easy song. Not only was it not an easy song to make, the fact that he had to like change his voice up a little bit to record Damien's part. But the song is just fire. Yes. The lyrics, the conversation is crazy, bro. Yes. Crazy. It's out there with fucking just like the way Cameron did that. Uh, he, oh. he did a similar track.
1: Yes, yes. Um, yes the uh, Devils. What's de- it called? Cool? Oh, no, not The Devils. Um, Damn, that was, that, was, that was from
0: Confessions of Fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. That, you- I went and I listened to that right away. It was it has that biggie sample in the beginning where he's like, I swear to god, I feel like death is fucking calling me. Yeah. I wouldn't understand. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the song right now. But um yeah, that song is fucking fire too, bro. So shout out to both of them for making those type of tracks. Like those are not easy to make. Not at all, bro. Not at all. Alright,
1: so. We'll, we'll, we'll get into that thing. We'll get into some DMX then, man. You know what? We'll play Damien. How about that?
0: Play Damien or play Niggas Done Start or something. That would... Oh, that, that's like the, one of the greatest posse tracks ever. That song is crazy, bro. They so all saying, the- I just went back and I really listened to these songs. I was just like, wow. I can see why this dude was like as hot as he was at the time.
1: They all went off, bro. They all went off. Yeah, but... You already know what you're in the mood for. You already know what you're about to hear. But this is episode 115
0: shit, sure,
1: yeah. the 20 by 20 podcast. And we are your host,
0: Nathan McFly with... Shenega Woodrow once again. Shout out to the Nation of Domination. Los Boricuas. the Pachateros. Shout out to Storyline T's. Make yes. sure you get yourself a nice t-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Something that you can get married in these wrestling t shirts. (laughs) All right, you want to go to club? They open the clubs up. Make sure you get yourself a fucking wrestling (laughs) tee from Storyline Tees. Let's go, baby. You already know we out. Peace.
1: Uh, Death chair. Uh, rough uh, my nigga TP creep with me. Uh-huh. Why is it
0: every move I make turned out to be a bad uh-huh. one? Where's my guardian angel? need one? Wish I had one. I'm right here, shorty, and I'ma hold you down. You trying to fuck all these bitches? I'ma show you okay. how. Name D like you, but my friends call me Damien, and I'ma put you into something. Uh-huh. About the Damien? You and me can take it there, and you'll be the hottest nigga ever living That's a given? You'll see hmm. That's what I've been wanting all my life Thinking about my little man, so I call my wife oh, Your your dad's about to make it happen What you mean, my nigga? I'm about to make it rapping. Today I met this cat, he said his name was Damien He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend
1: You mean like Chucky? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, just like Chucky
1: dad, looks like we both
0: fucky. Yeah, Nick, the snake, the rat, the cat, the dog, huh How you gonna see him if you? He-